Let me share a story with you that I'm sure none of you guys can relate to. The scene's like high school, right? You got like a trapper keeper, you know, like, remember those things? Wasn't this cool? No, yeah, right? No, it's like, I've never heard of what those things are. You know, like you're in school and, uh, and, and so maybe you have like a friend, right? And the friend's like, you know, hey, Billy, you know, like, hey, what's up? What do you think about Cindy? What about her? What do you think she's cute? I don't know. I guess I never thought about it, I guess. Right? And, and then what does what what the other person say? Like, well, well, they think you're smoking hot. They love your jeans. They watch every little pen stroke of your paper. They know the things that make you laugh. They know you buy Doritos from the same vending machine. Everything. They are head over heels bonkers for you. And you're like, you know, actually, I've been meaning to get to know Cindy, actually. <laughs> you know, and like, you know, I'm going to start coming around more. You know, like, right? No one knows what that doesn't feel like, right? I think that, that, that somewhere in there that we, we have to realize that sometimes understanding the influence that we have when we know what somebody else thinks about us totally changes us, right? You're going to come back the next day, you're going to like a nice new shirt, you know? <laughs> you got like the little creases and, and you'll be so confident talking to her because you know you can't go wrong, right? You don't have to try and impress. You're just, you're hitting home runs all day. You're like making jokes about Smurfs and she's laughing, you know? You're like, it's the dream, and so you're a completely different person when you know you can't go wrong. You can't disappoint and you're a rock star. You never even knew it. It's awesome. It moves us in such powerful ways when we know the heart of somebody else for us. Now, what about the opposite? What about somebody's like, yeah, you know Stephanie? Yeah, she's kind of cute. Oh, she thinks you're a total jerk. Like, I never liked her anyways. You know? <laughs> It's totally the opposite. And then you're like all like, you know, staying away and pretending like you don't know them and you're like trying to change things and it's, it's a whole different scenario. Man, tonight we have this grand picture of, of the story of God and God's heart. We have the story that God is saying to the generation, I think you are smoking hot. I want to be with you. I want to just spend time with you. I want to be with you every moment of every day. I think you're amazing. And we have other people that are like telling you that the heart of God is that, yeah, God doesn't think you're very good. God doesn't think you're very smart. He thinks you're kind of a loser, in fact. You've disappointed him so much. And in our world, we have this, this fight of which heart is it going to be? Because as you know, if you've come encounter with a God that, that, that lights your fire, that you know that he just admires every detail about you, wants to be with you, you know it changes everything. It changes everything how you come to him. It changes how you pray. You don't come cowering, you come boldly. You are, you are pumped, right? And I look around at the church and I, I think, man, in America... God is the person that everybody knows, but few people know what he really thinks of them. I think that, that probably more of America thinks uh, or, or knows what God is against than what he's for. How do we get into that like upside down nature? Last week I shared some statistics that the margin in which young adults are falling away from the faith, Christians that are leaving the faith is incrementing. It's doubling every generation. That doesn't make good news for us for many years. Why is it? I, I fully believe that we need to know that there is a battle for which heart is it that God's chasing after us with? 
Is he chasing us with a heart of, of desire and of communion and intimacy, or is he chasing us with a desire of condemnation? Together, as we look at this series, it's, it's about us partnering with God, that God is dwelling within us, that we are partnering with God to redeem the world, and this is such a key component. Last week, we talked about the apostle, the dream awakener, who calls you forth, that brings the life that God planted in you to know him, brings it forth, and that you would walk in it, not know it, not hear about it, not kind of experience it, but you would walk in it and possess it, make it yours. This week, it's all about, man, do we really get the heart? Do we really understand it? Each of us play a role in this. And, and I want to just, because if, if you're jumping in here, if you're a first-time guest, maybe this whole entire series is new, but we're spending these, these five weeks talking about each one of these roles. And I want to give you the scripture here again, just for our context. This is Ephesians 4. It's 11 and 12. It talks about the roles. And then 14 and 16 talks about the result. It says, he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The roles of the, past, or the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. These are the, the attributes, and, and some refer to as a fivefold many. These are the attributes that you and I are to, to look at and say, God, what, which one am I? Which things are in me? Why is that? Because those are the attributes of Jesus, full on. All of those, 100% is who Jesus was. And if Jesus lives in us, certainly some of those attributes have to come forth. I was talking to somebody else about, you know, well, I just don't know if like those things are for today and, you know, I don't know which one mine is. And, you know, like I don't get this whole idea. Surely that we, we come to church, we experience God. We have this inflow. We have this inflow, inflow, inflow. Worship, inflow. Knowledge, inflow. We have all these things. What is something that has all inflow and no outflow? It's called the Dead Sea. It has all the water that goes into it and doesn't have any outlets. And nothing can live in it. That's how it got the Dead Sea name. Right? I know we're going real deep here. But there, as we come and experience Jesus, there's an inflow. There has to be an outflow. Tell me like one thing that you can give that, that an outflow that it doesn't fit in one of these categories, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It's kind of all there. So we need to know like these things are, are for us and, and we get it that we're, we're coming, like maybe these are new ideas and that's totally great. But we cannot be ignorant about it. And it says it's for the building up of ourselves and love and it's amazing things. If, if you want to know more about it, check out our very first week on it. I, I talk more about that. But these terms, because we're all like scared of these terms, like prophet, oh my gosh, apostle. Like we get like, you know, nervous about those words. The very King james is, you know, like that's not what my translation says. And I follow this guy who's written a lot about this and he's renamed the dream awakener. And tonight we're talking the heart revealer is the prophet. The evangelist is the storyteller. The pastor is the soul healer and the teacher is the light giver. 
So tonight we're talking about the heart revealer, and the heart revealer is a person who reveals the heart of God and the heart of people. They call the church, get this, they call the church to the new social order. A prophet or a heart revealer calls people to the new social order. What is that? When Jesus was on the cross, we got a new social order. It's like, no longer call you slave. It's, it's like, I, I am now inside your heart. I'm a part of your, the essence of your being, that there is a new order, a new realm in which we can interact and communicate with God that was no longer there. If you know, like, Old Testament kind of theology, you know, like, God's presence was essentially just wrapped up into this, you know, tabernacle, right? And, like, one time a year, one person could go in there into the presence of God, and they tied a rope around him in case he fell dead so they can drag him out, you know, to save money on janitorial or something. I don't know. Because it was like so incredible. And so God says that we are the tabernacle. Do you understand that? That there's a new social order that we have. Every one of us, we either need to be around people who are heart revealers or we need to know, are we a heart revealer? Hopefully we can answer those questions. We can help us understand like those roles and, and how they play in our life. But also... Man, is this something that's been ingrained in me? And so part of that is, is to know the fruits, the signs, the details, the facts, you know, those different things. So the first one, if you're taking notes, uh, these will be on the screen too. About a heart revealer is a heart revealer's primary concern is that the heart of God is known to his people. Their primary concern is that the heart of God is known to his people. If you read the Old Testament, like prophets are kind of gnarly. They're like, those dudes are weird. Like that doesn't sound interesting to me at all, right? And they're always like, you need to repent. The judgment of God is coming. You know, it's, it's gonna be destruction. They're, they're like, they're, they're just on alarm, right? They're never saying anything good. They're like, you're all gonna die, you know? <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. Like no one looks at the Old Testament and is like, whoa, I wanna be one of those guys. Like total buzzkill. You know, I was going to like defriend you on Facebook if you're that guy, you know, like you don't want any of that. The Old Testaments, they are warning God's people about being righteous, like be righteous because you're about to get worked. That's the Old Testament. No one liked them. <laughs> but a funny thing happened when Jesus went on the cross and he paid for sin, something happened. We know in Philippians is what? Not having a righteousness of my own, but being found in Christ. We now have a righteousness. So the role of the prophet now is not, you better get righteous because there's judgment. It's that you are righteous because there was judgment. Are you with me? That, that a prophet in these days, a heart revealer, it's like the heart of God is that God once for all paid for sins. 1 Peter 3.18, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He's no longer saying, you better deal with your sin. You better get righteous because you're going to get worked. He's like saying, God worked over sin. He paid the judgment with his son. And now you are righteous. You might not be acting like it, but you are. So be righteous. I think that's, that's one of the best things that we can have as we understand the heart of God is never like, God, I totally messed up. His response as we're covered in the righteousness of Christ is like, that's not who you are. 2 Corinthians 5 to 17 says, therefore, anyone who's in Christ is a new creation. He's like, why are you referencing that old guy who's dead? I nailed him to the cross. Your sin is there. It's gone. It's done. Who are you talking about? 
and says, you are righteous. And so the role of a heart revealer is to, is to remind us that you are clothed in righteousness, that God adores you, loves you, is calling you his dear son and daughter. That's the heart. That there's no condemnation in the heart of God. And so as you begin to understand the heart of God and the heart of God is revealed, your eyes will be enlightened to, to things that God is passionate about and, and concerned about. And he calls us sons and daughters. Like we should know that there's things about that, but there's also things like, man, God really is passionate about the poor. He's really interested about those who are persecuted. He's, he's wanting to liberate the captives. He's wanting to set the oppressed free. There's so many things. If, if, you're, if your heart is like, man, the poor, the oppressed, the captives, Man, if that's not the heart of God, tell me what is. We just haven't put labels on it that way. I mean, when you say, like, I do homeless outreach, why doesn't, like, I do the work of the Father, like his heart, like the thing he really likes, it's like, I do a lot of that. Like, that's the role. So first we have, yes, the heart of God enlightens us, but as we come into it, we're like, whoa, we get made into the likeness and start caring about the things that he cares about. And I would, I would go so far as that as we are around heart revealers, as we are around those people that reveal the heart of God and, and pull us into walking with God, that, that you cannot be walking with God and let, at the same time allow injustice to take place. I think as we encounter that, and, and maybe that's why, why so many churches and so many groups and so many environments like ours, you know, maybe there isn't as much outreach. Maybe there isn't as much setting the captives free and fighting for injustice because maybe we don't have the people that are really revealing the heart of God around us. And, and nothing against the teacher and the pastor. Like, we'll, we'll get to those roles later, but you can see why God destined for all of these things to work together is that somebody needs to be concerned about the poor and the oppressed. And he's be calling others to know and to know that and to be passionate about that as well. But it doesn't come if we always feel that God has got a heart of a condemnation, he's got a, a hard heart for us. How can we have a, a soft heart for somebody while we believe there's a hard heart towards us? I don't get it. Number two is a heart revealer often receives special revelation about your circumstances. This is the most fun one. A heart revealer often receives special revelation about your circumstances. What does this mean? It can mean anything. That's a scary thing. <laughs> Literally. It, it, it's amazing. There have been, I would say, about four or five people in my life who, like, you, have you ever had, like, your mail read? You're like, no one knows that. <laughs> you know, like, the, the secrets of your heart. You're like, how does that work? I don't know if Nelda's here. Is she, is she here? No. Ah, there you are. Yes, one for three. I've, I've <laughs> failed this a couple of times. So I have a habit of like, you know, mentioning somebody who's like, you know, gone or something that night. It's, it's awkward. So Nelda, I had a friend here and, uh, and so he and I were talking. I was like, man, like, you know, I was telling him about where he's at. And it's like, you need to find like what you're supposed to be doing in ministry. Like you need, like you're so gifted. Like why aren't you, why aren't people just like falling over around you? Like I don't get it. You're so just like, you know, God has given you this brilliant mind. Like, certainly there's got to be something for it. And so I was talking about him. I was like, you need to come, you know, check it out. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll go. It's like, okay, but one thing. You got to talk to this girl named Nelda. Like, just have her pray for you. That's all. He's like, why? He's like, just trust me. Like, just have her pray with you. That's all. And he's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. So last week, um, 
We're sitting, and I caught him before he's like sneaking out, you know? That's always awkward. And I wasn't like guarding the door or anything, but, you know, we were talking afterwards. I promise I don't do that. Uh, we're talking afterwards, and, um, and so we're over there, and I see Nelda like, you know, kind of like, you know, seeing from distance, and she starts kind of walking over, and I had totally forgotten like I told him this. And she comes over, she's like, why is God highlighting you for me? And I was like, why don't you meet Nelda? <laughs> crazy, right? So I'm like, well, you guys should go somewhere else. Like, you know, I don't want to be here for this because it could get, you know, emotional. And, and sure enough, like, coming back and he's like, I just got my mail read. Like, how on earth? And the other, like, you know, I love it that Ben Huffman's here too. He's one of those guys, so I'm going to embarrass you, buddy. Uh, but he, he's one of those people too. Like, I went to this little prayer meeting that was uh, at the church one time and uh, he just totally, like, you know, I'm there. I'm just kind of enjoying, enjoying the worship. And you, you would think that he, like, read my diary or something, like, how, what? You know, like, it's awesome. But why is this significant? So there, there's going to be special revelation to heart revealers. Why is that? If you know John chapter 4, the woman at the well, you know that Jesus, if you, if you know the story, like, the woman's there, Jesus meets her, Jesus is breaking, like, all the laws right there. You're not supposed to talk to a Samaritan, not also supposed to talk to a woman. He's there. It's like, why don't you call your husband to come with you? And she's like, well, I don't have a husband. You know, do you know the story? And he's like, you're right. You have four, and the one you're with now is not your husband. And he's like, you know, spikes of football, you know. <laughs> and like, she's totally thrown off. He's like, uh, some people think they should worship at the temple in the mountain. Like, she's totally like, trying to like, like totally diffuse the situation. Why is that? Because then he's like, I will give you water that your soul will never be satisfied more with than this water you're drinking now. You will drink one water and you'll be so satisfied. It's the water to end all water. Before he could give the truth about her heart, he kind of affirmed like, Jesus is speaking, you know. God is like, man. And the, the only reason I, I, I feel that God gives us like these kind of weird confirmations and affirmations about weird details maybe is, uh, is it, it, sometimes it's just a badge of authority of like, God's in this. God's in this. Because anybody can say, well, I think you should be president. All right, I'll go do that, you know? It doesn't take much, but, but when, when that, that exhortation of God's heart for you is also candy-coated in something that only your heart knows, what it does is it disarms our heart. It allows us to say, well, they're just being clever. They don't really mean that. When, when there's something that our soul knows that only we know it opens our eyes and our ears to what's be re to be received. 1 Corinthians 4, 4, 20, 14, 25, excuse me, says this. This is about prophecy in this role. It says, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. I told you to misread that. I told you like, whoa, like the role of prophet is like, pull up in all your closet of shame, you know, and like dump it out there for everybody. And, and if we know the Bible, we know that, that God separates a sin as far as the east from the west, and it says for his own sake remembers them no more. So what prophet, what heart revealer, listen, the heart of God is gonna bring up your sin in detail? It's like, God doesn't remember that. God doesn't see that. We gotta think differently about this. He, what it's really saying is that God is gonna line the exhortation, the truth, with some details that only your heart knows and your heart will cry out, surely God is involved, surely God is speaking. It's a badge of authority about uh, 
a little over two years ago. You guys know I'm in business, and man, two years ago was a rough time. Amen, sweetie? It was, it was rough. You know, like right in the middle of the recession, and I have like more startups than I have toes, and you know, like life is, I've never had a shred of stability in my life, hardly. And so we felt like, man, business is crazy. I'm doing this thing that's so weird and so new and different, and I got competitors threatening to sue me and, you know, all these things. And then we're like, gosh, we need to start a family. Like, we both want kids. We want kids. When do we have kids? How, how do you time this with, like, risk and all sorts of things? And out of the blue, I get an email from a guy I must have met no more than two times. No more than two times. I am surprised he knew my name. I don't know how he got my email. That kind of like I know him. And he sent me this out of the blue. I'm just going to paraphrase a couple details. And he's like, I, I woke up and I, was, I thought about you and I feel the Lord telling me this. He says, tell Eric, I want to increase and bless his business that I want to take it beyond the culture of today. I want to bring originality to it. Don't be afraid of it. It may look different than anything he's ever seen or heard of. He's called to lead in business and ministry in his home in this world. I will bless him with children, which was a concern of ours. His timing for kids is not off, all right? My timing is perfect, and he is right on track. Stay focused on God's love and loving your wife in the amazing way that you already do. God is pleased at the way you love, bless, and honor your wife. I mean, how you responded, like, thanks? <laughs> I mean, right? I sent him an email today. I, I, I have not talked to him since this. I don't even, I don't even know if I ever responded to this email. I couldn't find my outlook. It was like that far along. It's like, oh, this is, it really looks bad, you know? And uh, I mean, all of the things in there is like, whoa, I wasn't having conversations with you about kids. I wasn't talking about any of this stuff. And so it, it, it disarms us when we have that revelation, those details. It's like, whoa, I can handle that. And sure enough, all of those things have come to pass. We had kids at the exact right timing. Like our insurance kicked in one month like before we actually got pregnant. It was like, that worked out well. You know, and like business stuff, is, it's going crazy. We're doing things that are like nobody else are doing and we're like, we feel we're stealing the world. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. So I sent him an email today. I was like, you have no idea what you really sent me, you know. And it was awesome. Number three, is the heart revealer can verify the heart of God or of a lie. The heart revealer can verify the heart of God or a lie. Two important passages I just want to read together real quick. This is 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Matthew 7, 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Three details on this. Well, actually, just let me clarify one. It was like, I was talking to somebody else like, well, you know, I was talking to this about this other passion, this other guy, and he's like, he doesn't really think that this whole thing is like for today. Like, he, I don't think that the role of the prophet is for today. Well, this is Jesus speaking in Matthew 7, 15. He says, watch out for false prophets. How can you have a false prophet without a real prophet? Like, how can you have a counterfeit $100 bill without there being such thing as a real $100 bill, Right? And Jesus was like really good with words, okay? 
If Jesus wanted to make this really clear, all he would have to say is, all prophets in the last days are false. All, all, all prophets are false in the last days. He could, he could have ended this whole entire conversation. Now, why is there, is there false prophets? It's because there's real prophets. Why is there a false heart of God? Because there's a real heart of God. Are you with me? And the other component, too, it's not, it's, it's sheep, or, sorry, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Wolf in sheep's clothing, not wolf in shepherd's clothing. Notice that's among us. It's not a leader. It's, it's, it's not someone that's going to come and try and rule you. And it, like, it's actually among us. Which again, I really believe that we are supposed to be ministering together. And, and, and this, this means that there is a wrong heart of God being revealed. And that is the false prophet. The wrong heart of God, the heart of God that is of condemnation, of judgment, that is the wrong heart. That's a false prophet and saying that's the heart of God. Is that not? Think about it this way. Romans 2.4 says that what leads people to repentance? Whoa. <laughs> Kindness. God's kindness. All right, you guys with me? <laughs> I need someone to affirm me after that, right? That God's kindness, this is a key point, leads people to repentance. Romans 2.4. Everyone's cool with that? Now, if you were to counterfeit that, create a false version of that, what would you put in the place of kindness that leads people to repentance? Wouldn't you, if you were trying to do the opposite of God's kindness leads to repentance, wouldn't you do God's judgment leads to repentance? Are you with me? Are you guys thinking like the angry bullhorn guy with the sign? Repent! God's judgment is coming. I don't know. I got to imagine if, if the heart of God is to reveal the character of God, his nature that he loves you and his kindness leads you to repentance, that these things that we see are that are slamming people over the head with the judgment of God and his wrath and how he hates you and all those things. I'm just, I wonder, is that a false prophet? Someone who misrepresents the heart of God. And maybe many of those people are probably well-intended, but that doesn't make it right. Are you with me? The heart revealer is about revealing what the counterfeit and what the real heart of God is. Because as we, if we know the word, if we study the word, God makes his word really clear about these things. And also says, test the spirits. Spirits, plural. It's, it's not an exclusive access to every thought that we hear comes from God. That's probably the most damaging lie that we can have, is that everything that I hear is from God. Really? The guy who went and shot the congresswoman, you know, point blank, said, he, he heard from God. I think you need to check your connection there. I don't know if God really commanded you to go do that. That, that when it says test the spirits, that we have to unfortunately know that there, there's a battle for our minds. We have the mind of Christ, right? And so the battle for our thoughts, what we internalize, what we, we see and hear and, and, and take, man, there's a battle for that. And that's why prophets are in, in heart revealers, what they say is in subjection to others in authority. They're in subjection to the church and to apostles and to others. It's, it's this equal power sharing. Why? It's because that's how you start cults. People who declare the, the will of God and, and, and God said this and people go running off there without any accountability for it. Man, dangerous stuff starts happening. People start marrying sisters and all sorts of weird things. Right? If I said, I think God said that all of you need to give me all of your money, you guys would be like, good one, you know? You would never come back. 
And so we, in this powerful time where we get to experience, man, people that really have, uh, man, God's heart, like, man, we need to take really care of it because you have power to release, but also you have power to harm. If you guys have, have known Havla uh, come here, Havla's legit. But, and, and she'll come around and she'll just like walk around and she'll be like, Geronimo, you know, and she'll just, she'll kill it. Before she, she goes out, she does one thing every time. Every time she does this, is this recording? Is this recording? I'll wait. Is this recording? Why? It's because she is so concerned that nobody gets something secret that she's not in subjection to. That, the heart, that, that if it's really the heart of God, it should line up with his character, it should line up with his word. It should, be, it should be in approval of those who also are hearing from God's heart. And so we make sure that we record it. We, we also burn it on the CDs for everybody who got a word. And, on, and many times we'll also see that if, if we're up here praying and someone's giving you a word, like you'll see an iPhone there. It's not because we want to be really awkward. It's because we want to capture not only what is being said, because that's so powerful to relive, because we want to have record for what God's doing. You know, the accountability is one part, but also the celebration drawing back from that well is so powerful too. Number four, and the final one is heart revealer helps establish your heart to heart connection with God. A heart revealer helps establish your heart to heart connection with God. Remember that new social order? Kind of sounds cultish. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what is that? It's really like we have direct access to God. The, uh, the, the, the role of the heart revealer is to, to not only reveal God's heart to you, but also is to bring you into an area where you can hear it also. You know, the, the, the role of the heart revealer often is for others, but it's really important that, that we get that revelation for ourselves. It's really important that, that we don't have to keep going back. Do you ever have someone that's like, I need to use your phone? You know, like, all right, you know, here's your phone. Like, no big deal, right? They come back like 10 minutes like, oh, I, you know, I got to do this. Can I use your phone? Okay, sure. By about the fifth time, you're like, bro, like, have you seen the paper, you know, Call phones, like they're only like 25 cents a call. Like, dude, get your own phone. I'll buy you a phone. Like, stop using my phone. It would annoy the snot out of you, right? It's not one of us in here would tolerate me coming back to you 10 times consistently to use your phone. You'd be like, leave my site. <laughs> but isn't that what we do with, with people who hear from God? There's a handoff. It's, it's great that, that we can get revelation, we can have our mail read, that we can hear about God's heart. Totally awesome. But there is a time when we need to transition. Those people lead us to that sound. They lead us to that place. They lead us to deeper intimacy. Why? So we don't have to start running up their minutes. Right? That if, if you keep on going back to the same person because that's the only person that you can hear God from, you have idolatry there. You have an issue where you are, you are spiritually dependent on somebody else and God says, my sheep will hear my voice. We hold on to that truth. Every one of you guys should be understanding and hearing the voice of God. It's a promise. And so the heart revealer helps that, but it's also like, shows you like, here's how to use a phone. Now go get one yourself. It's free. Go use it. The heart revealer's there. Reveal the heart, but also to hook up your phone. It's great. And it's okay. You know, we're all like learning, but, but there's a point where we cannot create spiritual dependence. You know, people that are, 
they're, they're dependent upon you and their whole entire life for what does God want me to do depends on one person that's not biblical. It's not supposed to be that way. So the big question here, end with this, is do you know somebody that reveals the heart of God in your life? Have you, have you been in places where, where you've, wow, man, I needed that. That was so powerful. That's exactly what I needed to hear. And like that clarifies the lies that we have, right? We, we believe so many lies. Holy cow. How do we believe so many lies about God? Please, if you're a heart revealer that like, you're like, man, this is, I get it. Like we, we need more. We need more people to help correct this paradigm of the wrong heart of God. And call forth really what God wants to do in, in us. And we need to like call those people like, man, speak up. <laughs> if you're getting something, speak up. <laughs> and likewise, there are attributes that we can say, man, man maybe that I'm, I'm coming into that realm. Like nobody, like get over the titles. Get over the titles. Who, this could be called Fruit Loops or something. Like it doesn't matter. The important thing is, are we hearing from God? Are we understanding his genuine, authentic heart? Are we being conformed to his heart? Those are the big questions. And there are some of you in here that can answer yes to that, but also you are being positioned that God has given you DNA. He's placing you before the foundations of the world that you will help others do that. That's the difference. We all should be hearing from God, but the heart revealers are those who are specifically equipped to help others do that. Because remember, it's the building up of the body. So here, just in closing, if we can have the band come up, here's some just details, maybe, that you can consider. If this, if this is you, maybe. That if you would say that understanding the heart of God is the most important thing in life, you might be a heart revealer. If understanding his heart, like, man, I, I got it. Like, some of us, like, you know who you are in the room, you're like, man, I, I get it. And you're like, everybody needs to know. <laughs> Those who cannot stand as injustice goes by. We all like to say that we can, can stand it, but a lot of, a lot of us actually can, can watch it and not do anything. Am I compelled to help the needy, the broken, and the oppressed? Here's something awkward. When praying, I will get random thoughts, words, and pictures. One time praying for a guy, I got a picture of a toilet. It was weird. It was like right on apparently. It was, it was crazy. And you're like, this is awkward, you know. Man, when you pray, like, are, are you saying like, man, th there's weird things that like I get a picture of a seer. I, I, get, I get these weird kind of ideas, things that like I feel like I'm being distracted. When you're praying and you're being distracted, Stop criticizing yourself. Maybe God is trying to like help reveal some heart in you for that person. Do you have strong feelings about whether something is or is not from God? There's opinions like, man, that is not <laughs> from God, you know. And the rest of us are like, I don't know, could be, right? Heart reveal it. There's no could be the heart of God. It's kind of black and white. If you believe that life is no accident, but believe people can choose their destiny in God, that people have a choice, people participate with God, you might be a heart revealer. If you frequently get a gut feeling about things, just things like, man, I don't, I don't know, it's just a, a feeling I get. If you feel that you can understand 
God's heart for people while you pray for them. If you're getting emotional for praying for other people, it's kind of like a heart transplant, isn't it? Like, why do you care? You're like praying for them and you're like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, there's something powerful as, as you are revealing the heart of God to somebody else that you, you're actually having a heart transplant at that moment. It's okay. Like, cry it out, you know, baby style. Just like, let it go. If you're gifted to exhortation, discernment, and encouragement, these are all the heart of God. If you're like, man, life is awesome, we can do this, you know, like, that's totally the heart of God. When I read the Bible, this is good, God puts people, situations, and specific examples into my heart. It's crazy, I, like Bible stories, like sometimes I'm praying for somebody, I'll get like a really specific story, like in the Bible's like, well, somewhere this, this happened, so, and they're like, whoa, you know, and it's like, that's intended. Like, God's supposed to reveal his heart for people through scripture. And finally, I can distinguish between the works of God and the works of Satan. Man, that's a, that's a powerful one. That's an advanced level here, you know. And, but it takes the intimacy. Like, if, if we were in a crowd of 10,000 people and my wife calls out for me, I know her voice. That's the kind of discernment that we know. So as we hear the voice of God, we, we grow into that and... and um, it's exciting times, but we all need it. We all need it. We minister together. We grow together. We live life together. We experience God together. We equip each other.